This is Twa Teams, one street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, cuts can't cost United promotion. And are more D deals in the offing. Hello and welcome to Twa Teams, one street. And a very happy belated new year to you all. I'm Tom Duthie, and podcasting for the first time in 2024, today are Alan Temple. Morning, Thomas. My mum always used that <laughs> when I was in trouble, that was what I always got, Thomas. And Graham Finnan. Happy New Year, everyone. And start as you mean to go on, George Cran's on holiday. <laughs> Again. <laughs> How old is that guy? Yes, he's only got another what 50, 50 weeks of the year to fill with his holidays. He's already cracking into that twenty twenty four allowance. Yeah. Wastes no time. Obviously, he's taking a holiday like a good employee because Dundee are on their winter break, which is why we go straight into Dundee United this week and news of just how much it's cost them to be relegated last season. Is it a shock, Alan? It's what, what you figures. I figures are figures are always always give us the figures, the financials. See, I quite I quite enjoy like doing that? accounts. No. Yeah, but then again, my um, my cousin's a chartered accountant, so I always run anything yeah, I right always. past him. So I, see, if I didn't have that yeah. fallback, I would probably be slightly more paranoid because yeah. it is slightly foreign to us. The big fear is, is when you're writing it. You know, you, you put in something that's not strictly correct because you couldn't be bothered to read the small print. <laughs> <you know>? Yes. <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, uh, to be honest, they weren't a particularly complex set of accounts. They were just a grim set of accounts. No. Um, they were packed with commentary, and we can maybe get on to that, which I did find really interesting. But yeah, the, the headline numbers, uh, yeah, £2.8 million loss emanating from a staggering operating loss of £5 million. I mean, that is um, a quite astonishing um, inability to stay on budget. Um, obviously, you'll start a year with a, a budget and your aim will be to um, break even on your operating costs and to miss that by £5 million is um, quite incredible. Um, a bit careless. A, a, a tad careless, yeah. And, and you say, is it a surprise? And it's a good question. And I mean, the answer is, no, the loss isn't a particular surprise. Um, we knew that, um, I think the phrase I've used a few times in this podcast, is done, you know, completely lost the run of themselves last season, uh, whether it was through ambition or hubris or stupidity i mean pick whatever one you fancy um they completely over overshot everything um but when you see it in black and white it is still shocking um because this is a club that i wouldn't say fluked but they wouldn't have accounted for harry Souter moving for 15 million pounds so in that regard it was a, a, a bit of a fluke and that's the only yeah. reason they're not losing upwards of £5 million uh, in, the, in the losses. Um, so um, they can thank the Lord for that Harry Souter sell-on that yeah. accounted for uh, around about £2.4 million of that £2.6 million in, in player registration disposals. So that's, yeah, uh, that was a, a, a bonus, but a £6.9 million wage bill. To get relegated with a £6.9 million wage bill is... Is incredible. It's, it? it's disastrous, and 
I mean, quite aside from that, to have a six point nine million pound wage bill and for your squad to still be so lopsided and and, and effective yeah. is to have to make so a many disgrace. Uh, I mean, it's so yeah. The the accounts are are not a surprise. They're but they are still shocking when you see it in black and white, and um, they tell a story of. Um, dreadful mismanagement of a football club because they made eight point one million pounds turnover is is fine. I mean, it is. I mean, it's good for a, a Scottish Premiership football club. Mm-hmm. See if you can't get by with a sensible budget yeah. and an eight point one million pound turnover, then I, I don't know what to say. To, to have to have brought in two point six million pounds uh, from you know player registration disposals and. Uh, and still make that sort of loss is, yeah, it, it's mind-boggling and tells, yeah, as I say, tells a story of real mismanagement from the top. But to maintain the positive vibe, this is a this isn't a New Year resolution <laughs> because I've there, there, what a new, positive vibe are you talking? A new <laughs> good positive, luck, Tom, a good new luck. positive me, I feel has emerged, which wasn't hard <laughs> given <laughs> given my general sort of uh, level of negativity in life, but. The one, the one thing that I thought that where praise is deserving, something's gone badly wrong, you, and you can say say about owner Mark Ogren that he took his eye off the ball, that he that he let this these losses stack up. But the one thing he has done, and I mean it's another dark figure, a four point six million cut in budget, but he has bit the bullet and he's done it. Rather than let it go on, it was something that had to be nipped. I mean, nipped in the bud doesn't really seem to fit. I mean, he had to fell the tree mm-hmm. almost, and at least he's done that because mm-hmm. if that if those kind of losses continued over a period even another two or three years, then we're talking real disaster. We're talking the end, and at least he's at least he said right. Well, this spending's got to stop. And and there is now a level of common sense about the way the football club is doing its business again. Is that coming to me? I'm looking at you, Alan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's positive, but it's just common sense. This is what had to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, um, the snowball would have just kept rolling and accumulating more and more problems. So... Yeah, it's, uh, it was necessary. It's also illustrative of the challenges that, that Jim Goodwin's faced. And I think, uh, especially at this time of year, you'll hear a lot of, we need this, we need that, we need mm-hmm. to bring in this. And th- There is a reason that Dundee United's business has been so kind of sensible and, uh, and circumspect. It's because Mark Ogren is, he has shut his checkbook unless he can be um, given a very, very persuasive reason not to do so, yeah. or you can make the money prior to uh, then diverting it somewhere else because they are um, sticking plasters over wounds that were created last season. Um, so, yeah, £4.6 million cut in budget. To, to be able to cut that much from your budget and still have the squad that United have yeah. got tells you what kind of unbelievable overspend there was last season to compile a squad and two different management teams that all proved to be not fit for purpose. It's just, um, uh, yeah, you can take the positives, but there is very little positive to be taken other than um, there was a lot of mea culpa within the accounts, which is 
um, what there needed to be and um, what there has been. As I said earlier, I've never done a lot of these account stories and I've done some very, very grim ones, you know, <laughs> Dunfermline on the precipice of administration, those yeah. sort of accounts. And um, this is the most commentary I've, I've ever seen in a set of accounts and it buried the, the previous... Um, structure, the way it was operated the last season, the uh, it made reference to internal review and the things that said that needed to be controlled were basically every element of the football club from communication within departments to reading here, your know, player squad, player bonuses, intermediary fees, support staff, consultancy costs. I mean, it's basically, it's the, it's, they've basically had to, you know, do a, a investigation of the entire club and they found that it clearly wasn't fit for purpose. So there's been a restructure and a reevaluation of every single aspect of the club. And um it's you know, it's been ripped up and started again. So that is damning to the way it was run last season. Um, you know, the the people that were there and to be fair, you know, it's it's been rejigging of a lot. It's the same people that were, were there, but they are now in different roles and they will tell yeah. you that they've got different levels of power um in order to implement changes. Um so you can only hope that they are um, succeeding and doing that and changing because it is it's turning an oil tanker in terms of um, arresting the damage that was done over the uh, the past couple of years and you can say took his eye off the ball and but in terms of Mark Ogren now I mean I like Mark Ogren I, I find I him to be a, I find him to be a, mm -hmm. a very pleasant chap to speak to and clearly um, uh, clearly a very adept businessman I think it would be patronising to not say that this does ultimately lie on his door. I'm yeah. not going to say, oh, he's not a football man and it's understandable he let other people. No, it's, it's not, that's that's not forgivable. He's, he, he is ultimately responsible for what the numbers on his business show and they are a disaster. And he quite clearly realised that a portion into last season, it's why last January was such a disaster. Um, and he sought to make amends when he realised just how much things were going off the rails. Yeah. But nonetheless, he is still the man who... Um, he's still paying the bills. Yeah, and he he empowered other people to, to you know, do business. And yeah, it's uh, it's ultimately, it has to lay at his door. And um, the, just the, the question is, you know, how does he see the next few years panning out? Because yeah. they do, the numbers do paint a, a challenging picture in terms of... Uh, what he does next, and and his level of support for the club, and what um, and you know how he might look to recoup and exit uh, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, it strikes me being it's the, the, where there's a similarity. Some of the events in the last couple of decades over the road at Dundee is they came up with a plan where failure wasn't an option. But failure, it's a classic football thing, failure. You hear it all the time, failure's not an option, second is nowhere and all this sort mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. There might not be options, but there are possibilities. Absolutely. And that, that's what I would say. And, and, and again, I mean, it has to be said, Mark Hogan's still putting his hand mm -hmm. in his pocket and paying the bill. He's he's meeting the losses, so well done on that. He's cost himself. But I mean, my, my criticism of him, and it's a criticism, it's not a... Mark Ogren isn't the man to lead mm -hmm. Dundee United call. My criticism, I totally understand that he didn't know the intricacies and the ins and outs of football. But you can look at anything in any plan on any subject and you should always say, what if it doesn't work? What if it mm -hmm. goes wrong? And it looks like there wasn't, there wasn't a, 
any sort of allowance for we might get relegated, we might have a bad season, and a bad season for a, a, a club outside of the old firm in Scotland can mean relegation mm -hmm. when they're in the top flight. And nobody seems to have nobody seems to have raised the possibility that it might not work out. And I think that's that's been the the big failing, and it's what what's cost them. As I don't know if he's been blinded to that. I, I would doubt that very much because football, ultimately, isn't a game where it depends on how much money you spend guarantees you success. No, it doesn't. And you look as as we've, we've spoken about, you know the the financials there. The fans always look at the headline stats, and it's, it's you know six point nine million spent on, on wages. Fans will be saying, how could we have possibly been relegated yeah. spending? But you just have to look down south at the mind-boggling figures Chelsea are spending at this current moment in time and going absolutely nowhere. So there's no guarantee of yeah. success. And that's what makes football such an interesting and, and you know, compelling I mean, that's game. my point. You don't, you don't need to be an expert no. in accountancy or football no. to, to look. Manchester United haven't won a title in over absolutely. a decade. Paris Saint-Germain have spent billions and they've not got the... No. The Champions League that they want. So at all levels, you mentioned Chelsea. At all all levels, Queen, Queen's Park mm -hmm. just miss out on promotion, having thrown big money at it for a Championship club last year, and, and now they're fighting relegation this year. There's there's yeah so many examples. So for me, my one criticism of Mark Ogren would be, why didn't you say what happens if it if We'll have a bad season if things don't go yeah. to plan. And it, it, that, that's, you've always that got, seems you've to, always be got to take him. into consideration plan B. What what if this worst case scenario transpires? Where are we going to be sitting? And and I'm thinking of the of the look more closely at that. It wouldn't have been at the, the you know the staggering figures we're looking at at this point in time. They might have been a bit tighter with their spending on on the, the players' salaries and things like that. But it has happened. It's, um, a, it's an old story yeah, in football. The, yeah. the, 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 the day that Dundee appointed an administrator in 2003, the administrator said, the problem with football is they do not budget for last place. <laughs> mm. they, they, yeah. they budget for the highest yeah. possible fi finish they think they can achieve. When it doesn't happen, they're immediately in trouble. Yeah. Well, it looks to me like Dundee United budgeted to get into the Europa Conference yeah. League group yeah, stages. absolutely. Which is... I'm sorry, but it's stupid. Like, I mean, it ah. fundamentally is. Like, uh -huh. that uh, you look at the amount of teams that have qualified for a group phase in recent times. I think I'm right in saying when Hearts and Aberdeen have got in, Hearts and Aberdeen got in via dropping out of the Europa Conference yeah. League playoff stage. So, in terms of if you say to yourself, we have to win a European tie to get into Europe, Europa League group stage, you don't budget for that. There's no, no there's no. no. Uh, there's no pedigree or history that suggests that you're going to achieve it. So that was an unforgivably errant decision. And even if that wasn't what they were budgeting for, then you can only assume they were budgeting for a sufficiently high league position that would have guaranteed group phase qualification yeah. the, the subsequent year, which again would be a best of the rest finish, which mm -hmm. is... It's it's madness to budget for that. It's just, uh, as I say, uh, hubris or stupidity, whatever way you want to look at it, it was um, a very, very bad, costly decision that the club will be rebuilding from yeah. Um, yeah. For, for many years now. I, I think as well, I mean, you're looking at Harry Souter, and in the, in the past there's been a few other United players that have been sold for big sums of money. I mean, going back to Stuart Armstrong, Mackay, Steve, and you know, Further back, there, there yeah. have been on occasion 
seven-figure fees coming in for certain players. I look at that current squad now and I, I struggle to see anyone that goes anywhere near that valuation. United have always been a club that could bring... And I mean, that's mm -hmm. not to say that some will progress to get to that point, but at this point in time, there isn't a, a real big saleable asset there, I would suggest. No. And also, United, in, fa in fairness to United in the past, they, they tended to buck the trend. Yeah. The 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 Goodwillies, the, the, the Johnny Russells, the Armstrongs. Yeah. United got the kind of money that other Scottish clubs what we're getting, yeah. especially from down south. There, there is yeah. the clubs down south yeah. come up here and they don't pay the same. Yeah. Uh, it's a cheap market no, absolutely. for absolutely. them, and United. Had, and that was never. That was never ever going to last no. forever. No. And and now, even the players that can sell, they aren't going to get no. the kind of money they were getting ten years ago. No, it's a sore one. If there are any any positives to take, I think it's from the fact Mark Ogren. You know, he's looked resolute, and and what he said, he's obviously. Yeah, you know, he won't be happy with the situation, but you know, he's trying to to plot a way through it. And you know, it's, it's turbulent waters for Dundee at this point in time. I would suggest that the club being, uh, you know, looking like they've got a really good chance of getting out of the the champions this season. Although Wraith Rovers are going to make a fist of it, I would still suggest I would yes, Dundee right. will finish top of the pile, which means it should just be a one season hit in the championship. I think that's positive for them. And ultimately, the biggest positive they've got, Tom, is, is the backing they've had from their, their support. Their yeah, support continues fantastic. continues to turn up in massive numbers. The crowds are unbelievable. At home and, and buy season tickets. And they've got they've got crowds that some Premier League clubs could only dream of, you know, mm -hmm. coming through the gates at Tannish. And while they've got that, they've got real hope of, of turning this situation around. But there's there's no point in sugarcoating it. It is... It is mm -hmm. The figures are dismal. I have to say as well, I think I think Mark, what Mark Ogren's done here is a lesson to other uh, others at football clubs when things go wrong. He's come out and said, here's what went wrong. He's yeah. laid the cards on the table. And people are actually, I mean, maybe it's just me, but people do tend to be quite forgiving because he's basically, okay, he's not used the language, but, but, but by what he's revealed, he's held his hands up and said, we've made mistakes, we've got this wrong. And now we're putting it right. And it is, I really think as much as it's a depressing figure and it's 4.6 million less being spent on good players and wages for them and other things, the fact that they've made those cuts show that they're not they're not hiding no. from the reality. I think, see, when, when you're in that echo chamber of ambition and trying to push forward and I guess you can sometimes get maybe a little bit swept away with things and swept away with plans or, <coughs> or what you would like to do, what you would like to achieve. And I think now with the fullness of time, having taken a step back, as you say, the, that budget cut and the comments within the accounts illustrate that I think in hindsight, everyone at Dundee United would probably agree with our assessment as, as harsh as it may yeah. be in terms of the decision-making and they are trying to, to make amends, but by God, they're coming at it from a position of real challenge now because the because of of those what will now be acknowledged as mistakes being made. Yeah. Um, the one thing that is worth saying is there's a lot of you know talk naturally when you see stuff like this about you know the threat of administration and, and that's obviously something that looms over this city just due to the, mm -hmm. uh, what's happened to Dundee a couple of times. But that is fanciful just due to the structure of debt is worth commenting. I think most people yeah. probably realise this, but it is worth emphasising that the, I think, £11.3 million pounds of the, the debt that Dundee United have is owed to Mark Ogden yeah. and there is no benefit 
for Mark Aldrin. Ah, he's made mistakes the, with his own money and he's yeah, paying for it. There's no benefit to him to putting the football club into administration because he would then get an exceedingly low offer for pennies to the pound in terms of uh, from the administrators and he would make a, a huge uh-huh. loss. He would make a bigger loss than he would selling it for a, a pittance as a, as a club. So... Um, in terms of how Mark Hawken will get his money back, that is not by putting yeah, Dundee we, United into administration. We, we should say as well, I mean, historically, owners owners of football clubs, we really need to get your uh, cousin on to <laughs> explain oh, this. Oh, I'm sure he would love it. But very often, uh, football clubs carry a debt that's lar- larger than it is. It's larger on paper, rather, than it is in reality, simply because for tax reasons and whatnot, Owners tend to loan. You don't gift money because I think you have to pay more tax yeah. on a gift. So if you loan money, you can get a pound back a year mm-hmm. if you want. So a lot of that money that Mark Ogren is down as being owed by Dundee United, I don't think he ever expects to see back because uh, he, he, he's done it for reasons so that all the money he wants to hand over goes to the football club and a big chunk doesn't go to the tax man. Yeah. But the question then becomes how Mark Ogman, what his exit strategy is, yeah. which becomes more difficult to envisage by the by the week um, because these um, accounts don't exactly paint a strong bargaining position if Mark Ogman mm. was to look to, to sell up. You wouldn't be looking at these accounts and thinking, well, there's a man in a good position to play hardball. You'd be thinking yeah. there's a man who probably would take what he, what he would get. But... That isn't the case. Mark Ogren still wants what he would perceive to be market value. So mm-hmm. um, it will be intriguing to see what the next few years come. I think there'll be a lot of attention paid to um, the uh, minority ownership rules and decision that's been made by with Bill Foley and Hibs because that is one way that I would look at that. And this is my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Dundee United would be one of the most attractive clubs in Scotland to potentially make that investment with um, Hearts and Hibs or obviously, you know, Hibs has already got interest. Yeah. Hearts, fan ownership, Rangers and Celtic are what Rangers and Celtic are, Aberdeen's under Dave Cormack's ownership. You start going down and you get to yeah. Dundee United mm-hmm. and you get to a club where uh, I think Mark Algren would be excited to welcome a level of investment that would let him get some of his money back while also improving the fortunes of Dundee United, which could then over the fullness of time make yeah. even more of his money back. You yeah. know, so uh, I think that to me, would make a lot of sense on paper for potential investors for the football club and for Mark Ogren. So I think that's one to very much keep an eye on if we do in the fullness yeah. of time think about how he could perhaps make some of And potential back. investors, are, are, I would suggest, are going to look at Dundee United now and say, well, at least you're doing it right now. Now, mm-hmm. th- there are big negatives there, but one attractive thing about it is yeah. they're, they're running the cr- club properly it's, again, and that's the important It's thing. a great point. They're clearing the decks yeah. and... 2024 marks the end of, see if you want to call this the sort of initial Ogren slash Ashgar um, uh, cycle, if you like. Mm-hmm. Swathe of contracts expiring this summer, very few players beyond the summer. You are looking at a club that you could, that will start again with a clean slate uh, this summer. It's why Jim Goodwin's not dishing out new contracts. He wants yeah. to do what Dundee did, yep. mm-hmm. which is start this as a new cycle, as a new Dundee United with its head screwed on, right? And you're absolutely bang on what you're saying. That that would make it a more attractive uh, property for p- potential investors yeah. if they're not inheriting a big wage bill. In a lot of ways, it's bad news for players, this model, <coughs> the, the one that Dundee using, the United are using. But uh, ask a fan, 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it secures your club. Yeah. Because it means if you don't, if you do fail, you can yeah. make cuts instantly and save money. If you succeed and get promoted, you can then you can then invest more in in the players that will keep you in the higher division. Yeah, I mean, that just you're talking about players and and you know no new contracts getting dished out. The same thing happened at Dens last year, and and what I would say to players is how many. Players had clubs banging down the door to, to take them away from mm -hmm. Dens. I didn't see any. Yeah. There wasn't any pre-contract signed as I, I can remember with any other clubs. So it suggests that they're at a club where their value is possibly, they're getting more for their, their buck than they would get elsewhere. So, yeah, I think it is. Uh, Jim Goodwin will ultimately be in a terrific position if he gets done United yes. in that division. Yeah. And I think, I mean, my admiration for... Jim Goodman's on record, and I think one thing that Jim Goodwin knows, and that he'll have passed on to Mark Ogren, that uh, for all the size of the losses, the size of the cuts, I mean, I'm not a Dundee United fan, I'm a Dundonian. Mm. There's only one There's only one thing represents success for Dundee United this season, whether they've got a penny yeah. or a million pounds, and that's promotion. And and they'll be very clear uh, within Tannerice, I'm sure, that they still have to get. They still need to find a way to get promoted this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely! And these accounts bear that out yeah. because, in terms of, we'll put it this way: they are won't be getting an eight point one million pounds turnover next in no. next year's accounts. There, there's been, um, you know, significant losses in terms of prize money and, and a few other things that come with Premiership football now that they're in the Championship. But um, the one thing that will paper over that, and we've touched on it, is the crowds have stayed absolutely yeah. fantastic. The, the season ticket sales were great, and um, I don't think I've covered a game this season that's had less than 7,000 fans at it. I mean, it's, it really is incredible. I don't think the average attendance is that much down at Tannadice no. compared to what it was last season, So, especially if you take away Reims and Celtic visits. So, yeah, it's um, uh, this season can be survived and moved on from uh, in terms of with limited damage i'm putting limited in inverted commas because it's it still will be a a galling um you know financial situation in terms of trying to survive a season in the championship but it can't go longer than this that's the only priority that's mm -hmm. um you, you rightly say it then does become challenging they can't do another three-year stint a uh, four-year stint in the championship no. that's that is uh, you can't be doing that in terms of just uh, sustaining Mark Ogden's support and everything else we expect. And hey, such is football. Go up to the Highlands tomorrow night, Alan, and report on a victory. And I forgot there was a, there was still a football team. They'd be coming down. They'll be coming down on the buses yeah. tomorrow night after the game. You won't. You'll be staying in your five-star hotel, Highland <laughs> Resort, and spa somewhere. But they'll be the punters will be saying. And I'll be saying, having watched it, I take it, it's on the TV, that's why it's tomorrow night. Yes. And I'll be saying, hey, 4.6 million, still winning the league. What's, what's the problem? You take it, especially it's with the together. players out. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, it's, a, it's a tough place to go, Inverness. I always feel, regardless how Inverness are doing, it's never easy getting anything up there, and, and especially on the fact they've come off the back of a good win down at, down at air. Yeah. I know they were on a poor run prior mm -hmm. to that, but you know, um, they'll have taken heart from, from what they did there. So, you know, they're going to certainly have to be at it. And, you, you know, Inverness always give you 
a game and by that I mean there's a physical side yeah. to the game up Inverness so they, you know they, they get stuck in and, and, and you would expect that from any Duncan Ferguson team I've got to say no. you know regardless of sort of what, what sort of qualities are on offer there's still going to be an element in the game that's going to be really competitive and you think they're going to have to match that that's first and foremost you know win the battles first and, and hopefully let the, let the quality do do the talking. Um, they have to they have to get back to being a bit more resolute at the back. The, the, we've seen in recent weeks now they're starting to ship goals they weren't doing they weren't yeah. earlier on in the season. And that's the actual fi the, the financial story yeah. this week is actually yeah. taking a wee bit of yeah. a, a wee bit of the glare off that's, the fact that their the form's not been what it has been. That's killing them, Tam. That you know they, they need to they need to get back to the clean sheets again because that gives you a platform to go and go and pinch games, but also to go and get your noses in front in games, then take games away from the opposition, which is what they were doing at the start of the season. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of. What sort of side Jim Goodman man just to put out tomorrow night? I don't know. Jim, you, you mentioned players out, Alan. Going, I mean, this is much more worrying than than money. <laughs> money. Yeah, but I mean, I think we can expect Declan Gallagher to be out. Um, there's no suggestion that Ross Doherty will be back. There is uh, Craig Sibbles suspended. Um, so that is uh, probably the three most important players of your spine, <laughs> uh, certainly going backwards if you don't count Jack Walton. Um, interesting. That's the good thing about Sound Watson's squad. squad I've use. done my best to be upbeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now I'm just depressed. Interestingly, here's a wee, just, you know, look inside the magic circle. Um, uh, we're going to head along to Tanadice um, a bit later, and um, Archie Mikasen's doing the press. Uh, for the the written, um, so it would be peculiar if they were to put up a, a an injured, <laughs> unavailable Archie <laughs> Mikasen to speak to the newspapers. So I can safely assume that Archie Mikasen's back. I'd like to see you fill two pages with these first words, but I'm sure the boys will think you that. I'll be watching on TV with my foot up. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'll always enjoy the BBC Scotland coverage. Um, so if indeed Archie is back, that will be uh, most welcome, but we can discuss that if and when it, uh, it happens. But he would be most welcome because they are short in midfield, quite clearly. Um, so yeah, big big challenges. But what I would say is, you know, they are moving quickly to to address gaps that need to be addressed. Which, in light of those financials, is laudable. Yeah, um, and they're still doing business. Yeah, Alec Grieve uh, on loan from St Mirren. Um, don't imagine that will have cost the earth. Sensible loan signing um, will bring pace and a not prolific, prolific, but goal records okay. Um, played seventy six games in the Scottish. Top flight, so um, plenty to like there for a, a short-term loan signing, and he will add a lot of mobility. That what, what, I've, I've I read this your story twice. Oh, that's a good sign. Short, short. What does short term mean? Oh, it, it was to the end of the season. I, I clarified season. that with Dundee United. I've got no idea why uh, uh, it didn't say to the end. Of sorry, the season. it was actually their website. I yes, it was I beg the website. Your pardon, yeah, because I because I remember thinking. Bet your temple's got it right. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's end of the season. I, I did double check that because I was slightly confused in case he was just coming till March or yeah, whatever. Well, I, I, I'm going back to my negative self because I saw that Louis Moult came off at half time last mm. weekend. I immediately thought, was oh, he out for a month or something yeah. and they've got this lad in? But no, that's, that's good, well, good to know. Even, even if Louis is out for a period and we'll find that out today. Um, they needed pace and mobility and attack. They were uh, yeah. like Louis Moulton, Tony Watt, absolutely fine strikers, but th there's no threat over the top. That's just not the sort of players they uh -huh. are. So it gives a different element. And um, barring a, a, a kind of 
Hall of Fame collapse. Um, David Wotherspoon will be in the building next week. Um, I was going all... to say the big, the big question we haven't addressed is where's David Wotherspoon yeah. sitting tomorrow night? Might be the safest place. Very good question. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure, but he's been, uh, you know, I think he was on the BBC yesterday and and was as you would expect very respectfully still an Inverness player, yeah. but even he, uh, you know, he, he kind of spoke about how excited he is about the, the prospect of joining Dundee United. About Monday. Yeah, so um, I think we can, uh, his contract expires, I think it's Sunday um, in Furness, so I think he's allowed to be a Dundee United player and speak as a Dundee United player um, uh, on the on the Monday, barring, um, as I say, a, a, a inconceivable collapse. Um, yeah. So uh, he's a, a really good signer. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was going to say, because one thing, people might look at him and say, oh, he's 33, United don't need 18-year-olds just now no. because they've got plenty of promising young talent. Yeah, they've got legs. They need nows. How many times have we yeah. spoke about them being unable to break down, yep. you know, packed defences? Yep. David oh. Wallerspoon has composure and guile and quality. He can unlock defences. He ticks all the boxes for what, what they're looking for. The big question with David Wallerspoon is how, how fit can he stay? That, that's always... Yeah. I mean, as, he, as he's got older especially, you know, he's, he's picked up a few, a few nasty injuries. You know, but saying that he's gone Inverness, he's made a big impact up there. You could just see how you know how Duncan Ferguson spoke about him. You know how well he's done up there, and disappointed he is to lose him. Um, so he could be a key man, damn, for Dundee yeah. in, in the second half of this season. Uh, as teams, you know, you know, come to Tannadice especially, and, and, and try to sit and hit on the counter. David Wallerspoon's got the brain, as as Alan says, yeah. to unlock defenses and create for other players. Fathering a moat of his playing, mm. you know. So he's yeah. played. He's played nine of eleven games for yeah. for Inverness. So no situation. There, there should. There. It's yeah. it's a, you know, I wouldn't say it's similar to Louis Moat because that would be totally unfair on on David because he's he's played a hell of a lot more football in the last couple of seasons than than Louis Moat has. But it's you know, it's almost like. Louis Malt arrived and the question seemed to be, you know, uh, he'd be great signing if he's fit, if he's fit, if he's yeah. fit. Whereas people seem to be, you know, it seems to be the same uh, assessment on David Wallerspoon, but... He is fit. He, he is no, fit. I mean, no. he's provably fit. Um, he, uh, he scored five goals, a couple of assists, and and played almost every game he's been um, eligible for um, at Inverness. So I think there's... Um, and the other thing is they don't Dundee United don't need them to play every minute. No, I, you know that's the difference. No. I, I, I mean, I haven't watched Inverness religiously, but what I've seen in their highlights, every time you saw David Wallerspoon, as good players always do, they always look as though he's got time on yes, the ball. I was, just, I was just about to say <laughs> he that. Always looks as though he's got loads of time. We sat in the press box at Tannadice when Inverness came and got that one-one draw, and Tam Mann basically said David Wallerspoon looks like the best player on yeah. this pitch because. Time slowed down when he yeah. got the ball. He would receive possession, dip the shoulder, go the other way, and all of a sudden he has five seconds in which easy. to pick his yeah. next pass. Yeah. Good players make the game look at it. And that was him playing. Well, almost, they start off by standing in the right place, mm -hmm. so they've got a wee bit more time anyway. Mm -hmm. And then they use that time and stay calm. It's the wee scan over the shoulder. He yeah. knows where everybody yeah, is as he receives the ball on the half turn, make your next move. He's just a he's just a quality player and could still, in my view, um, if, if not for, I'm not talking about injury, I'm just, you know, age, maybe. And teams are less willing to take a chance on someone that doesn't have sell-on value. But if not for all that, still a premiership quality player. And given Dundee United's situation, which is they ain't going to be paying fees for anybody, they need players that are available um, mm -hmm. and within their budget. 
I cannot see a better signing that would have been yeah, available. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think know he's how a great mobile signing. he is yeah. uh, these days, but the fact is he doesn't, he doesn't have yeah. to be... He still looks mobile. Yeah. I mean, he still, yeah, he still yeah, looks yeah, like he's shifting. I, I, haven't, right. I haven't seen him, but but if his brain works and his feet works, yeah. he's got plenty of legs around him uh, in that team. So He's a winner as well. Yeah. He'll be a good influence on, you know, you can talk about the experience you know yeah. have got, yeah, yeah. but see in terms of attacking midfielders, you're talking about guys like uh, Mikasin, Mockery, Fotheringham, Cujo, these are all boys that will benefit from yeah. the influence of somebody like David. Yeah. Psychologically, it's always good that United are picking up a Premier League player from St Martin and Wotherspoon, a vastly experienced Premier League player, basically, as well. Other teams look at that. And there is always that thing, we can't, we can't do that. I mean, look at Inver Inverness must be gutted. Yeah. I mean, and I do I do feel for Big Duncan, Gary Bowling, not enough to suggest that David Wotherspoon shouldn't be playing for United tomorrow yeah. night, as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah. but it is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's difficult for other clubs when they the, the sea the Dundee United. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, could you imagine sitting, some of, the, some of the managers in the championship this week are going, they've cut their budget by four point something million. <laughs> yeah. They've lost five million in a year. And they've signed Gallagher, Holt, Wotherspoon. Yeah. Now they've got the way Grieve on loan. That does. Yeah. Managers are... This is where I get my depression is mixing with managers down the years, my negative outlook. Yeah. Managers do. The managers speak about things like, oh, look what I could, we, we're running the club properly and we've not got a penny. I think uh, David Wollaston as well will be driven by the prospect of possibly getting back to the Premier League. Yeah. With Dungeon United and earning a contract that will allow him to go and perform in the Premier League again, you know, next season. So, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's certainly going to spur him on. As, and as Alan says, uh, great for un unlocking the door, but also great for when you're, you're trying to hold on in a game. Yeah. Like so last week when they, when they, they lose the game to, yeah. to Morton. I've got to say George Oakley is one of the sensational uh, player. I've always admired George Oakley. I think he could be yes. playing at a higher level, I've got to say. As a New Year treat to viewers and listeners, yeah. we weren't going to mention we're that. Yeah. you've well, just spoiled it. it. But... I was suggesting games like that where, you know, you're maybe not going to win the game. Yeah. Give the ball to David Wotherspoon. Let's not lose the game. Let's get someone who keeps hold of the ball and takes a bit of time on it. Sometimes you need the boy yeah. on the pitch who's not going to listen to the fans. Yeah. Because when you've come back from two goals down, as United had, the fans are roaring them on a victory. Yeah. But sometimes you do need that player on the pitch that says, well, guys, let's not lose this. Yeah. We've lost it once, don't lose it again, yeah. which they went and did. And... It, and it, it could have been a great weekend last weekend for United and hopefully it'll be a great weekend starting tomorrow night. Moving swiftly across the road, we'll ask George to comment on how Dundee are liking <laughs> enjoying his and their holiday. Uh, it's a funny, funny one for Dundee. I mean, you always want to go uh, into the, the break on the back of a of a win and the last thing you want is a defeat but Dundee managed to sort of create depression <laughs> by getting another postponement because yeah. I am I'm panicking Bear yeah I'm not they're, they're, they've had a great first yeah. half of the well, season but second bottom's not a long way no it's them. not it's not they do, they do have a few games and they've got games. a lot of games they do have a few games in hand I've got to say Tom um, 
my concern is that you know these games are going to come thick and fast, and you can find yourself over the over a period of two weeks, maybe having five or six games in one a couple of bad weeks, and you're, you you oh. really are right right in the mix. Um, the last game we saw, of course, was the game at, at Kilmarnock. Uh, you know, but prior to that, where you went from the highs to the lows to the to depths the highs. Of, depths of despair to the highs again. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, it wasn't a too bad a way to finish off. Uh, you know, the, the year, if you like, uh, in that respect. Uh, unfortunately, they've since lost Owen Beck back to Liverpool, which we yes. suspected might happen. See what happens when we, were, we take a wee break. We were talking off air. Mm. We were talking off air about that uh, prior to coming on. And uh, uh, for me, he's been done these best players. A real, real blow. Uh, he's been outstanding. Anything, anything you put Owen Beck in a sentence is, is normally followed by the word outstanding or brilliant. You know, you know, just sensational. Even, even right at the end, it's his corner kick that is headed in by yeah. Joe Shaughnessy. Um, have, have you watched the highlights of that game when Dundee when I went to ones up he drives he pops up all over he drives from the left to the right goes past about three or four players and lashes one off the top of the bar yeah. he's, been a, he's been an outstanding player so he is a, a huge loss for Dundee and all sorts of things you know not just defensively but also I would think more so in, a, in, a, in attack as well because he seems to be all over the place and, and his assists will you know sort of mark that out um, so Dundee just have to really you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tony Doherty will be looking for cover in, in that in that respect. Uh, whether, but I, I would think it's up. Whoever comes in, I would say to Dundee fans, look, it's not Owen Peck that's yeah. coming yes. in. You might you'll get a, as long as you can find a solid left back uh-huh. to go in there. What I, what I wouldn't like to see. I've no I've not got a problem if, it's, if this is what happens. But in the past, Cami Kerr has shut been shunted over from right back to left back. But ideally, we get somebody in there. Who can actually play in that role? Um, but then yeah, I mean, the thing about Cami, yeah. if Cami's needed, you know that defensively it'll be solid. Yeah. But he's obviously, I mean, he's, his strength was always his defending. But if he's having to play on the left, it's it's going to be more the case that he's there to shore up the left side of the defence. Yeah, and not, and not absolutely. And 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 to, and to be fair to Tony, Tony Doherty, I mean, and. The board will know this as well. They've backed managers well in the past when they've, when they've had to, when Dundee been in much worse positions and managers yeah. have had to go out and find six, seven, sometimes eight. And Jim McIntyre's case was a completely new team. Yeah, he brought in which didn't work. Uh, sadly, uh, for Jim McIntyre and Dundee at that point in time. But um, yeah, I would say I would say getting a left back in is is priority for for Dundee at this point in, in time. And I, you know, I, I would say the fans give whoever comes in. You know, a, ch- a chance. And I think it's a big loss for the for the Scottish League as well, the Premier League as well, Tom. Because you know, I would I would say, although I'm a Dundee fan, I'm probably going to say this. Owen Beckham, there was a team for the first half of the season, he would have been in it. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. he's he's been outstanding. You know, well, uh, Rangers uh, and Celtic both well, yeah. made inquiries yeah. as soon as he yeah. was recalled, and thankfully Liverpool said no, he's come <laughs> back to be involved. <laughs> With that in mind, it's a real shame that he didn't get on last night for for Liverpool yeah. because that'll be what Dundee fans yeah. are hoping for. Because well, once he steps absolutely. once he steps onto the pitch that's, for Liverpool, that'll be him obviously have played for two clubs, and yeah. then the only clubs he can play for for the remainder of the season are Liverpool and Dundee. Yeah. So uh, I think all Dundee fans that's must be you, praying you, he gets on. Are there, are there two <laughs> other clubs anyone yeah. would want to play for? <laughs> <laughs> You cling on to that hope, and but here I, I would suggest if you get someone for Liverpool and does well, there's a good chance Jurgen Klopp will say we're well, staying here for the, we're going to use you for the, you know, the last two or three months of their season. Although they do have 
players coming back. And it looks like Liverpool just have a plethora of young lads just waiting to step in and do very well for them. Yeah, yeah. young boy Bradley. Bradley was outstanding, yeah. Yes. On the other side of the park, uh-huh. last night. Uh, and then uh, I see Simicast has been training again. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's what I wonder because you hear different time frames and you mm, do wonder yeah. if one of these time frames accelerates over the course of the month, whether come the end of the month, Liverpool I, think, do you know what? Actually, that um, you know yeah. that that cover wasn't necessarily required, and if at that point Bex played for Liverpool, yeah, I think then, it could it could rest on know. the Scotland captain. Yeah. He's he, he's had a setback, but again, it was the, the last week or last month they said, oh, it might not, it might be the beginning of February now. So there's still mm-hmm. that chance if he sh- if he makes decent progress yeah. over the next couple of. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, you remember that last season that happened with Zach Robinson, mm-hmm. and yeah, he was loud. So, so I don't know. I don't know if, if that might be why Tony Doherty's kept his powder dry. Well, mm-hmm. well Dundee fans, will, Dundee fans will cling to that hope. But I'm just wondering if there is any, if Tony Doherty gets a nod from Liverpool saying, "Look, there is a prospect. This is just oh, you know, completely between us that he may uh-huh. come back and, and Tony will." We'll wait before bringing someone else in, and that I can't see that. I think the manager's got to move. You, you can't yeah. take that chance if he can get another left back in. You'd rather have Owen Beck plus a left back he's brought to the club, yeah. even if that left back might not feature of Owen. Yeah, Beck again, historically, managers tend to sign a. We, the norm for a manager would be sign a left back, and then on the last day of the transfer window, go yeah. to John Nelms and say, "Oh, by the way, we can get him back." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that would be the ideal scenario, Beck coming back. But I, I think that's that that would it's going to go right to the wire on that one. Um, but there's a few other areas of the team that, that they'll be looking at as well. I see they've been linked by a guy Mickey Mellon, who <laughs> I've got to say hands up. I never really knew too much about. I mean, obviously I knew his as far. I can't say that. But um, I never really knew too much about him. But if you, but if you dig into the stats, which you, know, you have a look, mm-hmm. he's, he, he sort of ticks the boxes, which. Uh, would be, it looks like he'd be, he'd be a, a decent acquisition, but I'm sure he's got other suitors as well. I know that Ross County could yeah. be in for him. So, um, I was it Derek Adams worked with him at Morecambe? Well, you can only you can only hope that this link between Burnley and Dundee starts to yes. give evidence. This uh, I don't know. Is it, still, is it still an alleged link, or or is it is it official these days? I don't know. But there's George when we <laughs> Either way, there's there's clearly good relations between the clubs. So it's um. It would be an awkward way. To, well, Dundee have already got one lad from mm-hmm. from Burnley, but be in the early days of such an arrangement, it would be a bit awkward if Mellon the younger was to end up at another Scottish Premier Division club. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, our, our colleague Craig Cairns has, has compiled quite an interesting thing. If you go on the Tully website today of seven of young Michael Mellon's goals, and it's intriguing actually because I like Bear, I wasn't overly familiar yeah. with him, but no. all different sorts of goals. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he looks a very well rounded young striker um, for his age, and um, you can make anyone look great with a compilation, of course, of course. I'm not an idiot, but um, I, I think he no looks. An ex- I think he looks an exciting young prospect, and, yeah. and given the amount it's of about, goals, it's about unusually he was never mentioned when his father was United manager. Mm. So he was. A, I mean, he would be. I young guess he was still be young too young then, but yeah. even even yeah. so, he was at a big enough. Yeah. At that time, Burnley would be in the Premiership mm. uh, down south, so uh, which they are again, obviously. But you just. 
I found it a wee bit surprising mm -hmm. he'd never been mentioned just because of the level yeah. that, that, that he's employed at. Well, given Derek Adams thinks, you know, League Two is 100 times better than the Scottish Premiership, you do look at that record that he's got in League Two and say he's clearly going to score uh -huh. goals for fun up here. So you can I was actually going to say for all Derek Ad Adams' utterances, he does know a player. He's, he's a good manager. Yes. I just, I'm not sure right. I would like to play for him. No. <laughs> to be well, with the best will in the world. Well, I, don't, I don't want to get an individual personality, yeah. but it, did cr it was one of these ones uh, I read. Yes, he's played for Derek Adams before. And I thought, well, that might not be a bad thing <laughs> for Dundee. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny and, uh, you know, tangentially linked to, to, this, uh, to our teams, obviously. Kyle Turner joining uh, Wraith Rovers uh, this week. And I did think to myself, I, I knew Kyle was going to be the first one out the door when he did that press conference where he said, yes, the players' reaction to Derek Adams' comments were mixed. I was yeah. like, That's player code yeah. for we were absolutely beeling. Uh, I and, was furious. And, and he was clearly... I, I think uh, he was always going to be looking for a way out the door he's by gone, then. yeah. Yeah, so... But uh, in terms of Merlin, I mean, Dundee had a problem. I mean... It, Back to Yoko and, and Zach Rudden and and, and uh, latterly, you know, Zach Robinson's come back from injury, had a, had a, had a few a goal here and there, but there's nobody scoring goals on a regular basis, and that would make life a lot easier if Dundee could find mm -hmm. someone who could I was, I was make any team's say, life a lot it's easier. It's a thing of modern football that strikers no longer have to score goals, yeah. but you can't have all of them not No, scoring. that's right. <laughs> Some, one of them that's has to. That's right. Because yeah. the, the, the strikers have all played well and all made a good contribution, mm -hmm. But you just need that mm -hmm. one that gets into yeah. double figures by well, you do. this time. You do, you need yeah. that. Unfortunately, Dundee have, have uh, had other areas of the park. So like Joe Shawnish has weighed in a few yeah. times. Luke McCowan's been fantastic. He's got a few goals as well, and others as well. But ideally, you want you want one of your strikers that's going to be pushing hard towards double figures, you know. So Yeah, and again, going back to the way managers think, no manager's going to say, well, the goals are shared about the team, it's okay. Managers no. always want a striker who's out there in front when in the goal charts yeah, for his team. And you, you need that. And that, that, may, that, may, that could make the difference between Dundee, you know, maybe squeezing into the top six or, you know, if, if not, you know, fighting... Staying fight, out the bottom two. Yeah, fighting to stay out the bottom two. Absolutely, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. The other one that interests me, I see uh, Greg Stewart got a mention. But Somebody said that to me. What age is Greg Stewart? 33 as well. He's been in India the last two years. And is Greg Stewart 33? He must be older than that. He must be. He, started, thought, he came into football late as I well. I thought he was uh, younger than that. He's, he's got that no, sort of baby face look about him. That he's, I, I, he's no, always he, must be, he must be older than that. Somebody go, Alan, I'll, you go I'll check, check I'll him. Check time and we'll, we'll pass it No, I don't. It's fine. It's fine. You, you guys chat well, between yourselves about the prospect of arrive and then I'll chip in with his age. But, it, it's a new year, I mean, a new Megan. He's 33, thank you. Oh, I always, Megan, I always liked you. I always said you were the best producer ever. The big question. I've never said you were grumpy. The, the best, the, the big question is, did that voice make it onto the recording I, there? Because that would be her first time on air, just going... I know, we walked in this morning, and said, where have you been? You're late. And then, he's 30. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm never a big fan of players coming back to a club no. that have done really well in, in the past because, you know, the, everybody expects exactly the same from them. And sometimes life's moved on a wee bit. But at 33, Greg Stewart, I would think, has still got something something to offer and uh, yeah you know, I mean, you know the one thing I think about Greg and I was a huge fan of Greg a great lad a, a really talented player a bit of a maverick because mm -hmm. I always used to I used to say to folk that uh, didn't watch too many games at the time and then they would come along so I thought he was their favourite player the fans used to go yeah. mental at times because he did his own thing yeah. and I wonder 
different managers, a different stage of his career, a different stage for Dundee just now. I like Dundee's structure just now. Does Greg Stewart fit into that? Because he was, uh, he, there was an element of give Greg the ball and see what he does with it. And sometimes you would try things that seemed ridiculous, but other times, many other times, those things came came off and he scored great goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's, uh, for me, he's a guy who, who got you off your seat. When Greg yeah, Stewart got the ball and started running towards the goal, you thought someone was going to happen and more often than not, it did because you had a great knack of dropping his shoulder. Players thought he was going to shoot. He didn't shoot. He came inside and came uh -huh. inside again even. Actually, when I'm thinking here, maybe what I'm trying to say is, is Greg Stewart a summer signing as opposed to a January oh. signing? Because you want him in, yeah. you want him in working with your squad. Whereas he's a player that other players have to get used to. You'd like to think. I mean, he did. He, I mean, thirty three. He seems to have been around for an awful long time. But he yeah. did come into football quite late. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember he was working in Greensburg. They worked like in Greensburg. Yeah. Cowden Beath. Uh, Cowden Beath, and then the Pars. He went to did he? And, and came to Dundee, did he? Mm -hmm. I think he did have a spell at Dunfermline. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think he went no, straight Cowden Beath to Dundee. No, no, it was. He played for Cowden Beath against Dunfermline and took, took Dunfermline apart, I think, in uh -huh. a, yes, a playoff play or something like that. Covered that yeah. game. It was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, that was him and, him yeah. and Hemmings were that's unbelievable right. that day. Yeah. That tie, yeah. in fact. Yeah, that's, that's Dundee, did, Dundee did really well to get those two yeah, together that, for a time. I, like you say, a bit of a maverick. I mean, he, it was him that made the choice. He'd been around quite a few clubs. He'd been down south. He'd been, at, you know, up at Aberdeen uh -huh. and things like that, and all over Scotland. He took the choice to go go to India and you know, yeah, expand his football knowledge. I would expect Greg Stewart if he, if he comes back to hit the ground running. I think mm -hmm. Greg Stewart, you know, would be fit. I think you're going to get. I read it. I read it. Interestingly, his last, his last game was just a week or two ago mm -hmm. in India. He scored the goal, had an assist, and then got sent off. <laughs> and that, I mean. <laughs> Sending off wasn't part of his no, game, but that, no, that, 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 no. that summed up. Me, me, he, he was the kind of player that could score a goal, yeah. have an assist, and then yeah. with another shot that he tried from way out, hit the corner flag or something like yeah. that. It was just great, I see, great entertainment. I spoke to Craig Brewster about his career quite recently, and it's interesting. He spoke about how similar to um, Greg Stewart, he turned professional at 26 yep. yeah. when he first, in fact, it was it was about 18 months into his time at Wraith Rovers before he actually went professional. Uh -huh. And he said he felt that he could add those years that he wasn't professional onto the tail end of his career because you don't have the wear and tear, which is a very real yeah. thing when you're playing football uh -huh. every single day um, at that level between 18 and 26. So he was determined to add those years Look on and felt capable of Simon adding. Simon Money. Yeah. Simon's around about yeah. 30 now, still lightning fast. Yeah. So I, th I wonder, you know, similar, obviously there'll be, you know, actual ways to analytically judge this, but I, I would suspect that Greg Stewart's maybe the same. He's got years that he yeah. can add on to the tail end. Yeah. Um, because he, although he did have a, a bit of speed about him, it was his cleverness and invention yeah, that was the key thing. And you don't you don't lose that a little bit like when we're talking about David Wotherspoon. Yeah. You don't lose the intelligence, the no. invention, the quality. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about when fans would get on his back at times. I think because he could see things in his mind that other players didn't see mm. and he would try stuff that uh, other players wouldn't try. And sometimes it didn't come off. And he just he, he had a great football brain. And, and as you say, a lot of players that come late to it, yeah. uh, that appreciate they appreciate the fact they're not getting up at Craig, six o'clock in the morning. I mean, Craig went to Greece, didn't he? he, went, he yeah. Went there and when he came back, he was a, he was a much, much more gifted yeah. player, technically, just by having those few years out, out there. Eh? And uh, 
yeah. And I always think like, was a was a creative midfielder yeah. at Forfar and Wraith. Yeah. Moved up front at United, went went to Greece, added a lot of physical attributes yeah. to his game. I actually uh, played in, in the same Sunday Boys League team as Craig all those years ago. Sure. Uh, yeah, and he was he was a he was a couple of years younger. Way back in those days, had a great couple. Life. Couple no, I was about, I, I would go back. I, I was I was I was early days. Uh, I think it was under 11s or something like that. But Craig was probably only about nine. But he used to take the corner kicks then yeah. because he was the only lad who could actually get the ball in. He used to play. <laughs> he used to play on full size pitches in those days. <laughs> which wasn't good for a goalkeeper, I've got to say, two-size <laughs> goals, but he was the only guy who could actually get the ball from the corner flag right <laughs> in the middle of the box. Um, but I was thinking players who come into the game late, like Craig, who was at United, was released, then goes to Forfar, goes to Stobsville Juniors, goes to Forfar Athletic, Wraith Rovers. I think they they appreciate more, so they hang on to it a wee yeah. bit more and want, want to take every everything from, from they're not too quick to hang up their boots, shall we say. Yeah. Greg Stewart could be the same, but I always worry about a player who's done so well on his first time at the club, yes. can he come back and replicate that? And do the fans expect him to replicate how good it was? So. I think it's a budget question. I think, yeah. see, if you're looking at your January business, I don't think you put that sort of player necessarily at the top of your list. However, see if January's going well and you feel that like you've got a nicely balanced squad and you think yeah. to yourself, do you know what? We, yeah. we can make a wild card happen. We could potentially do this until the end of the season. And, and it gives us something a little bit different then I think that's quite an intriguing possibility, but you wouldn't be making it your top priority, would you? Really? No, I no. Thought. And, it's, it's, in a funny way, it's a difficult transfer window for Tony Doherty because he's now got the thing where left-back looks mm -hmm. a priority. Does he... I mean, I mean, a Greg Stewart pops up, but does he need him in a sort of slightly more deep-lying attacking player when he's got the Luke mm -hmm. Cowens and, that's you know... Tiffany's started featuring recently again. Yeah, Tiffany did well at Kilmarnock on, on the left yeah. hand side. Yeah. And and he'll be thinking, I need more goals, but none of these strikers have been terrible failures. No. It's just you, you would like a few more goals yeah. from them. So it, it's difficult. Does he stick with yeah. them or does he. The, the sum of all parts for Dundee has been really good, Tom. That's, yeah. that's, that's the thing about yeah. Dundee this season. There have been a few players who've stood it, obviously. We spoke about Beck. McKinnon's been fantastic as well. But in general, the whole team has performed generally seven to eight out of ten most yeah. weeks, and the, the, that's been shown by the points they managed to pick up. Can they find somebody who is going to turn that seven or eight into a nine out yeah. of ten? And if and it doesn't have to be every game, but if you can get a guy who could do that, you know, two or three times yeah. from the end of the yeah. season, get you a few goals. Make it make a difference. Make a difference to the Dundee. Uh -huh. Fans fans would love it as well. Yeah, which is always gives you a little bit of a little electricity around the place. There's always a bit of issues with, with the defence as well. I know Slammy wasn't playing at uh, Kilmarnock um, and Portalis too far stuck. away. Can, I think I think it could be uh, at the yeah. end of the transfer window. He should he should be getting uh -huh. certainly a, a, a fair bit closer. And they've been playing the young lad Donnelly, who's 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 done well. I've got to say when, when he's yeah. come in. Um, but there's talk of Lee Ashcroft possibly going out uh, on loan, and Lee Ashcroft would have a lot of suitors. Uh, certainly in the championship, for you know he's his big, solid defenders, wins headers in the six-yard box time after time. A good leader, but I'd be surprised. I'd be very fair. surprised if, if Tony Doherty lets him go without bringing someone yeah. else in. Uh -huh. I'd be very surprised if he definitely. Did. But I think that's a late one. Yeah, I think that's that's got sort of. Um, 
Dundee gets someone in late and uh, Lee goes to Dunfermline late written all over it. That's yeah. it to me. I, well, I you know what? I mean, see, because I'm I'm, the, I'm such a sort of nice guy who loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if Declan Gallagher's got a problem, I, and I think, I, I've never been one of these ones that hate, I'm, the two clubs hating each other. I've never gone in for that. But also, economically, if Lee Ashcroft's available for a loan, and United needed an experienced centre-half. It's not doing Dundee any harm to help United. Is Lee left-footed, or am I imagining that? Um, that's a good question. I think, he, I think he prefers to play more on the more on the right, to be oh, perfectly okay. honest. To be fair, they, no, do, they he, do... He does play more because Sweeney would play yeah. on the left, Sweeney would play left, and Ashcroft would play oh, right last season. They do need a right-sided centre-half, yeah. but I don't think Dundee United are going to take a Dundee player on. No, the, the, I think, the fans won't wear it, but... I, mean, I think that would be a, a blow to their ego, let's say, if you were to take Dundee players on loan. Um, I, I don't think... The, in terms of the, the rivalry, of course, but I think the, the perception of that would be... Um, Dundee loaning a Dundee United player from a position of strength. Yeah. I think that would arc United fans. I, I have to I suspect. Say, I don't know. The, I can't the, speak the for them. The theory appeals to me, and I and I I go big with the economic because a derby mm -hmm. a derby next season is the biggest game of the yeah, yeah. season oh, for yeah, both yeah. clubs. Yeah. If I'm a if I'm a 29 year old defender, I'm like I'm not going across the road. Why do I want to go across the road so I can get booed every week by mm. my own fans? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd come back here and get booed by my own fans. Yeah, so, I, I, I would mean, say, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't I don't know a Declan Gallagher situation, um, but Ashcroft is an imposing centre-half. Yeah. He, would, he, would he would do a job. There is that aspect of one, would Dundee United fans wear that? If a player come from Dundee, there's another one, would Dundee fans, you know, be looking at Lee Ashcroft totally differently, you know, if he goes to, to Dundee United on loan, forgetting, taking out the whole sort of thing. It's, look, it's, it's, and would it be Alan it's, or it's, George it's a, that wrote the story? He yeah. plays with a Dundee top on yeah. his... <laughs> that, yeah, that would, be a, that would very much be a joint byline <laughs> so we could share the, uh, share the share hatred. The, joy. <laughs> the, the economic aspect just wouldn't come in. I mean, but, but, but we say Ashcroft would be as an outstanding player in the yeah. championship the way the championship is uh, his ball's getting blasted into the box and you know you need you need a, a defender who is capable of heading the ball away and every club in the championship United included would like a, a player like that so yeah I mean and by the way I wouldn't want to have to play against him no. in the championship no, he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got goals in him as well Lee Ashcroft he's another guy yeah. who gets up the park and, and can score goals um, but I still think Dundee would, would be leaving himself way too short with Portalis maybe not quite fit you know, Lamy, Lamy's, out now. I think Lamy's missed a few games yeah. on, on, on plastic. So whether that's something as well, they'll have to look at. No, there's too many games on plastic in the Premier League these days. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, Tony Dockery would rather have him sitting at Dundee, you know, if there's a prospect, they could yeah. be short. He's not going to take a risk on that. Aye. Great stuff. We've got a few weeks to find out. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tandice. 